Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of But Now We Said It. I love when Housewives world overlaps with, you know, the regular world. And one of these times is with my guest today. My guest, back when I was getting my very first credit cards, back whenever I started making more money and, you know, making better financial decisions and getting better credit cards. And then back whenever I decided, oh, maybe I should look into sticking to one airline. I learned all of my information from this genius, Brian Kelly, also known as the points guy. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for having me today. I've been following you for years. You bring me so much joy. So I love when my Instagram feed overlaps with my work life. So this is just so fun to be doing this. I had no clue where to start when it came to credit cards, miles, all of that stuff. I actually, I was one of those people that because I, for a long time, I didn't fly enough that I felt like I just looked for the cheapest price on a flight, right? And then slowly as I like got older and stuff, and I was doing a lot more traveling, and then especially now that I live on the West Coast, and my family being on the East Coast, traveling a lot, I was like, I really should look into the perks of sticking with an airline. And I learned all my advice from the points guy. So I thank you for that. No, it's so true. I mean, I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm not a business traveler. I can't do frequent flyer miles. That's just for people like my dad who travels a lot. But it's so not true, especially nowadays. There's so many super lucrative credit cards. I earn way more points from my credit card spend on my business, on my farm, you know, you put every single expense when you think about how much money you spend. And then the fact that you could be getting like, you know, four points per dollar on all your groceries with Amex gold, right? Bam, all of a sudden, like all it it adds up quickly. And then you get a 100,000 point bonus here. And then all of a sudden, you're traveling like a housewife. Yes. I mean, I remember getting the Chase Sapphire Reserve. And it literally is the perfect credit card for me because I eat out all the time. I travel a ton and it literally meets all of my needs. And I remember whenever you got it, I think right when it first came out with the 100,000 special points. That was pandemonium. Yeah, it's 2016. We we launched that card with Chase and it was so popular. They actually ran out of metal because so many people were getting it. So that was kind of like one of the, in my, when I look back at my career, helping launch the Sapphire Reserve, which became the most popular credit card launch in history was definitely a, uh, a high moment. How did you get into like all of this? How did the points guy come about? Well, I guess it started in the 90s. My dad, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, East Coast uh, boy as well. And my dad started traveling for work. And one day he, I was 12 years old and he said, I have all these frequent flyer miles. I don't know how to use them, but if you can figure it out, we'll go on vacation. And I'm one of four kids. So vacations for us, like maybe were Orlando, you know, like we were not the fancy family going to Europe. Um, but I figured out how to use his points. Every year we would go to the Caribbean, like Barbados, Cayman Islands. So I felt so fancy, like living this champagne lifestyle on a beer budget, which later became like the, the theme of my life as I was just, I always knew I was supposed to like destined to be fabulous. You know, I grew up in suburbia in a cute little like Toll Brothers neighborhood, but I was like, I'm going to make it big one day. And honestly, like Short story is I got a job at Morgan Stanley in 2007. I started traveling. I figured out how to use my corporate Amex. And I, even though I was in HR, not making a lot of money, I was getting millions of points a year, traveling first class. I flew with Madonna. I would go to the Seychelles for long weekends, all because of points. And then it was when friends were like, you're a genius. You should start blogging. And I was like, whatever, I'll try it. And I started blogging June of 2010. I would say six months in, it really started to take off. And it was a year to the day of my first blog post that I left Morgan Stanley 
to kind of do it full time. And it's been a wild, wild ride ever since. Did you ever foresee like all of this happening? No, never in a million years. And, you know, even after it started to become you know popular, I always wanted to get on the Today Show. And for years they were like, no, like we don't put bloggers on the Today Show. And like, it is true. You get, you do get, you know, and I tell like up and coming people now or entrepreneurs, like you, we, we want success so quickly, but like it, you have to hustle and grind for it over time and consistently evolve your business. And, you know, I sold the points guy 10 years ago. We got sold again five years ago. So you have to constantly reinvent what you do for the company. We just launched our app last year. So if you don't have it already, the points guy app and the Apple app store, it's free. It's like, it's the first ever app to track all of your points and miles in one spot. So you get your net worth in points. Um, and then this year we're coming out with the membership program. We bought Lonely Planet. So it's been really fun to constantly evolve the business. We're not just a blog anymore. And I think that's what, what keeps it so fun. Have you ever been on Watch What Happens Live? I was a bartender like six years ago, five or six years ago. We need another Watch What Happens Live appearance. I would totally do that. Uh, I think Joss Stone. I wasn't even a housewife that was on when I went. But actually, what got me into the housewives, a friend of mine in 2008, during the peak, when this is when New York just launched, he worked in media in New York. And he said, oh, come to this upfront party for Bravo. And I was like, I'm not on the list. We just snuck in. And it was like in Soho. And it was literally, I remember being so starstruck. It was like my DVR came to life. It was every top chef. I mean, I was hanging out with Lynn Curtin, snuck her girls in. I mean, was she wearing a cuff? Oh, cuff love, baby. Um, so by the way, I am a housewives historian. I, as you know, because we talk about it all the time, I love, I've seen, I think pretty much every mainstream season. I haven't seen Johannesburg, although I just learned about it and want to lean into it. But pretty much all, I've seen every single episode of all the US. I mean, I'm deeply vested in in the housewives. And it's like, it's like a life, lifestyle. So anyway, I, I, I went into that upfront event and I remember taking a selfie with Ramona Singer with like my hand trembling. Like I was so starstruck. Her, oh, she was so brash. Fast forward to like two years ago, she's, she comes to my table at an Ampar event in New York so she could be closer to the chain smokers. She took my number. The next day I get a message, you know, she wanted me to hire her daughter. And I mean, Ramona's a, she's a nice woman. Don't get me wrong. She comes to our events, but she, what I tell people, and I know a lot of outside there, and you know it, they're literally, what you see on TV is who they are. It's like, because they film for so much. Like, you can't possibly fake who you are when you're filming 50 hours a week. Ramona Singer can't help but be anybody but herself. She couldn't even try to pretend to be somebody else. No, no. It is kind of it is kind of funny when she says, like, I support girls. And then she kind of <laughs> smirks to herself. She's like, that's yes. total bullshit. Yes. No, I'm, I'm proud of you, Sonia. Yeah. I love I love you because you're you're L.A. So I love seeing you with the L.A. So do, do they just like message you and be like, we're filming at the Abbey, come swing by? Or are you just constantly running into them? People ask that a lot is like how I've gotten to know some of the housewives and stuff. And I do want to clarify this because I think people think that I'm like that. I think that I'm friends with all of these housewives. And it's like, no, I I know them. There's some that, of course, I'm friends with, but I'm not friends with all of them. We've met through this world, of course. But then there's also been times where I have this weird degree of separation from some of them. Like, 
happen to be friends with this person who is like, I went to college with Melissa Gorga's cousin. So that's how I know them. And then I was friends with Monique's brother. And I also lived in DC. You know, I was living in DC for the longest time. And when he would come to visit, you know, we'd go out and stuff. And then all of a sudden I moved out to LA. So I had him here already before you know, moving out here. It's funny. I feel like, so I'm friends with Phaedra and I feel like Phaedra should be a housewife. She's made for it. She's literally like her DNA is to be a housewife. She's amazing TV. She's a great person, great mom, successful, like all the things that like, I think people should be looking up to. And it's like, yeah, she got a little bit carried away, but like, I think, I feel like Monique did too. And it's just, they, I try to like, you watch it happen in slow motion. It's like, you wish I was friends with Phaedra after her meltdown. So it's like, not that I could help, help like, hey, no, like, this is how this is coming out. Like, just chill out. But it's such a shame when they flame out way before their time. Obsessed with Phaedra. Love Phaedra. And I, it's funny you say that because I was just watching old Atlanta seasons and I watched the episode when she brought the kids up to go visit Apollo. And I was just watching that with her, her kids, her mom and everything. I was like, this was such an intense, like, very, very real, raw scene. And it's and it was her life. I mean, it wasn't even a scene. I hate saying a scene because it was truly her life. But I've always missed Phaedra. But it in that moment, I was like, gosh, there's something here that's just so real. I think the issue is we're getting so, so many years in, like we're living in a world of contrived storylines. There have always been produced storylines, but now I feel like there's so many fake ones you know like and whereas Phaedra like I talked to her she's like about her mortician like I went out to dinner with her recently and just like she had the whole table howling at like the trial she's like you know about being a mortician it's like that's not a fake storyline she's legit a mortician she's a lawyer and we never got enough of the mortician storyline like I went now that she finished I want to see it come full circle I need to see her doing it all oh the stories you don't even understand the stories she has and of course being a bunch of gay gods you can imagine where the line <laughs> of questioning goes about the uh you know processing bodies for the afterlife yes but, I mean she's like watching tv when you're around her and it's just like oh god it's such a shame that she's not back oh uh, well she will be back girls trip too which yes I, I've, I've, stars too. I've I've gotten some piping hot tea on that and it's gonna be explosive <gasps> Are we going to share with the class? Yeah. Well, I mean, so first of all, you know, clearly it, the, the, the showdown is Vicky versus Dorinda, which we all saw coming. You know, Dorinda's our liberal queen, wants to, you know, Vicky's our West Coast Republican anti-vaxxer. <laughs> but, and so there is a showdown about Vicky's misinformation about vaccines, et cetera. I mean, I heard some funny tea, like Jill Zarin the whole time was just putting her Jill Zarin products all around Bluestone Manor. So they would be in the. So we've got our QVC queen, uh, Jill, just looking out for herself. You know, I think I think we're going to see Phaedra and Dorinda team up. Like there's definitely like who you think would be teaming up would be teaming up. I mean, you see it in the comments now, like the West Coast, not, you know, nasty girls versus our, you know, our good you know, we're East Coast girls, but like, the East Coast girls are an interesting tidbit I had heard is and I don't I'm curious if this all will air in the midst of all of this. If you look back at all of the casting, they all had sort of like huge things happen with them on their series or on their franchises that were very scandalous with the exception of being Ava. But Monique was supposed to be the one going on, not Ava. Well, I mean, Monique was the one that was asked 
numerous times to come on. And then Eva was the replacement. Sorry, Eva. She walked away from the show, the network, all of that. Like she's, she felt, you know, she's standing her ground, which good for her queen. Yeah. Can I, I will say as problematic as Vicky Gumbelson is, I miss her dearly. And when we had a, an app launch, we launched our app six years ago in LA. And my publicist said, what celebrity should we invite? And of course, I go through all the housewives and they're like, Vicky wants to come, but she can't. I actually took a helicopter the day of my event to the OC, met her at the restaurant they always go to. This was in the height of the Brooks cancer scares. Um, and I had lunch with Vicky Gumbelson and she, during like we hit it off. She's like, I want to be the points girl of the West Coast. This would be a great storyline. <laughs> Brianna's moving to Oklahoma. I don't know how to fly there. So she like followed up with me. She's like, I need a the non-cancer storyline. Will you be a part of this? I was like, I love you. But I got things to do. What is your favorite housewife's trip? I think the OC girls trip to Tahiti was pretty good. I mean, like when Tamara sprinted, I mean, that scene and them wasted in the lagoon. And was I was just actually at that same hotel. And as a travel tip in general, especially for you West Coast people, Tahiti is amazing. It's eight hours from LA. It's like you go there. It's so beautiful. You can swim with the whales. Um, so I definitely love that. I also just like my favorite destination ever is South Africa for Cape town is insanely beautiful. So I did like the Atlanta housewife. I like it when they go far away places like, you know, over the pandemic, we've seen so, so many ratchet trips. Like we're going to Atlantic city, you know, like <laughs> we're going to Tahoe. <laughs> so yeah, I like the exotic destinations and seeing these women really outside their element. What's been your favorite house? I mean, of course, and then scary Island. Fun fact, the Scary Island, I don't know if it was when it was that I looked this up. It might have been during the pandemic that I was just for like future. I was looking to see how much it would cost to like rent that place and if it was still like something you could rent. And at the time, obviously during the pandemic, you couldn't, but it's still there. So eventually I would love to. Let's go. I've never been to St. Bart's. Let's let's go. And once again, it'll be a business expense. So. I feel like my favorite housewives trip that's not because of the destination, just because of what we saw is the Cabo trip on Jersey. And Jersey's not even typically one that's always like in my favorites typically. But if you rewatch that, that fight on the, I want to say it was the last night where Jennifer, Marge, Danielle, every Melissa, Teresa, Jackie was, a little more on the sideline in that fight, but everybody was involved. So, you know, that was when Jennifer broke a glass and was like doing that creepy, like, you know, you're going to know it if I break a glass, honey. You know, like she was absolutely insane. Danielle was unhinged. Marge threw wine in her. I mean, it was incredible. So I'd have to say that that like is such an underrated trip. But I, of course, love the Bali trip. I love Amsterdam. Iconic Kim Richards. That was pretty good. I just met Yolanda Foster recently. She lives near me in Pennsylvania. Yolanda, she's a queen. I have to ask, I don't know if you can answer, but how is Yolanda doing post-Dutch slut? Well, Yolanda's thriving. So she's dating this amazing guy who has a 500-acre horse farm. He's like, like a billionaire construction guy. She lives, you know, Yolanda's very like earthy. Where we live is like horse country. She's like living her best life. She's like, is the best grandma in the world. Housewives of New Jersey. So I would say Margaret is probably who I'm closest with of all the housewives. And Margaret's just a queen forever. She is the nicest person. 
She is like, I took her to the Celine Dion concert March 5th, right before the pandemic. And when I tell I think the house, Jersey was like in its final like reunions. I've hung out with like a lot of famous people, like, but at, especially at a Celine Dion concert in New York, I mean, people, we had to get security to get Margaret to go to the bathroom because people were like, we love it. Like, it was like psycho. And I was like, oh my God, that's, that's my girl. But Marge is just, and Lexi is the sweetest, Marge Sr., like Joe, like, it's just a good, they're just good people, so. I told, I mean, and I've, I've told Marge this, I've told this, I've said this on Instagram all the time. Marge changed the game of Jersey. They, she is the one that I, like, Jennifer and Jackie were incredible additions as well. Like, that was, like, coupled on top of Marge coming in. But Marge, Marge's season is what got Jersey back on. Totally. Because it the right had trajectory. lost its way. Those Amber girl, like, they, the casting was so bad. And I say I justice for the I... twins. I did love those little twins, though. <laughs> oh, okay. I was obsessed with the twins. I want to hear your thoughts on the Brooks Marks and Meredith just bawling and wailing nonstop this whole season about how Jen Shaw has destroyed, manipulated. Look, she called him a twink, which <laughs> isn't really a homophobic slur. I mean, it's not something, you know, what are your thoughts? Was Brooks Marks truly destroyed by Jen or allegedly? So here's my thoughts on all of this. I think that if you look back at the stuff that Jen was liking, retweeting and all of that stuff, it was all things that were meant to be insulting to her child. So again, if family's off limits, which it always is. And if, again, I think about it this way. If Meredith Marks did the same thing that Jen was doing about Reefy or her other son, Jen would be losing her shit. Then on top of it, and this is something I don't think a lot of people thought about. And it's something that I was very cognizant of in the first season is everyone assumes Brooks's sexuality, but in reality, he had not come out or we still, I don't still don't know if he's technically. So I think there were conversations about his sexuality that he had not had a chance to talk about. It's I agree. That's totally. But here, I'm just going to lay this defense out there. What if the person retweeting and all that was the same social media manager that Jenny Wynn used pre housewives? (laughs) Real quick, we have to take a break. I had to step away from the live. I was just like, this is cringy. She literally picked her black gay friend that she has to come be on this. It's literally, she did the textbook version of, see, I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Oh my God. So tell us, what is the best way for us to travel like these housewives? So, I mean, it's obviously all about points and miles and credit cards is where it's at. I mean, that's the lowest hanging fruit. I mean, highly recommend if you don't like check, know your credit score, check your free credit score. But really, as long as you're over like a 680, you really want to be over a 700 FICO score. If you're over 700, you're going to get approved for almost any credit card. And, you know, just a couple of the best credit cards out there. The Capital One Venture X now has 100,000 points. Amex Gold is actually, so basically everyone says Amex Platinum or Gold. Amex Gold is actually the best points earning card because you earn four points per dollar on gas and gro- I mean, I'm sorry, groceries and dining. And the Platinum's good if you like lounge access and you can use all the perks, but for points, the Amex Gold. For beginners, the Chase Sapphire Preferred, that's like the gateway card that kind of everyone gets. It's $95 a year. It's like a no brainer. 
So like kind of between those credit cards, you're good to go. I would say, you know, just put all your expenses on your card, pay it off in full every month, because if you're paying big balances, you're going to lose the value of any points you get. So basically my homework to everyone is if you want to travel like a housewife, get your financial house in order, make sure you're paying off your credit card, pay it off in full every month. And then every, you know, every three to six months, get a new credit card with the 100,000 point bonus. That right there is like over a thousand in value. And you kind of, trust me, once you, once you start putting all of your expenses, like dining on a card that gives 4X, your point balances go up like crazy. Can you explain to me, I was literally just talking about this with people that I was on this work trip with. So I have the Chase Sapphire Reserve and they upped their annual fee. And one thing I never really understood. So now it's 550 annually, but 300 of it, you essentially get that credited. What is the point of that? So I think they do it to get people engaged with the card and spending. So the point of all these credit cards, they actually lose money. Like if you get a credit card with a 100,000 point bonus, and you never use it. They lose money on you because they gave you like a grand just to get the card. So the point of getting people to put all their travel, like their Uber and everything else, is that we're going to give you this credit, but then we hope that you keep spending. You know, you put your Sapphire on all your airlines and credit cards and hotels. Yeah. So we're going to, you know, because you want to get your bonus, but you want to leave it on there and then you're going to get triple points on all travel. So, you know, a lot of these credit cards and I'll say, you know, the airlines these days have been melting down delays, cancellations. Cards like the Sapphire will actually have $500 in insurance if your flight's super delayed, you need to get a hotel, rental car, all those extra expenses. The airlines are not going to give you, you'll be lucky if you get a bottle of water. So like traveling, traveling in 2022, like you need to protect yourself, put not just for the points, but put your travel on cards that offer travel protections. You know, if you Google, I mean, basically, if you have questions about anything, if you Google the points guide best credit card for dining or best credit card for trip delay protection. Like we've got our team of experts has lists on everything, but having that extra protection. And also like if you get COVID and your hotel's not cancelable, if you booked it on your Sapphire, chances are, I mean, not always, but if you call Chase and say, Hey, this is happening. Can you rebate the hotel fee? I know so many people that got that even when the hotel wouldn't do it, you call your credit card company will take care of you. So don't use a debit card. Don't use cash. Don't use that credit card you've been using since college just because you've been too lazy to change. Get a good travel card that's going to give you points and protection. So I'm an American Airlines gal. And my thought process with my miles with American Airlines, because I need to meet status every year, like with dollars and all of that, I just use my airline miles to buy upgrades. Is that the smartest way to be using my airline miles? Well, it depends. So you, your specific situation, because for people who don't know, if you redeem your miles, you're not going to get elite credits. So a lot of times frequent travelers like Steve will just continue buying tickets because you want to get the status, but then all of a sudden you're accumulating all these points. So using them for upgrades, if they clear, is a great use of points, especially depending on the route, especially like LA to New York, those flights are thousands of dollars. If you can clear the upgrade in advance using points, it's a good value. But I would tell people, you know, a lot of people, especially over the pandemic, have tons of points sitting around and they continue buying tickets. And it's like, at a certain point, use your points, whether even if it's for domestic, but generally international business class redemptions are the best. Um, but the thing about points, over time, they lose value because the airlines just keep requiring more and more and more points for the same flight. So 
it's not a smart strategy long term to just sit on points. So whether you use it for upgrades or use it for friends or family or donate them, like do something with your miles because, you know, saying, oh, in five years, I'm going to take a big trip. Like you're going to get a lot less in value every year you wait, you know, to use your points. And what would you say is the best airline to align with? I mean, it depends. Look, time is money. So if you live in Atlanta, you're not avoiding Delta, right? Unless you're going to connect through other airports to fly American or United, which I do not recommend. You know, with flights being a hot mess these days, staff shortages, like you want to fly nonstop whenever possible, especially internationally with COVID restrictions. I know so many people who have like, I'm going to connect in London because it's $100 cheaper, but then they have to spend 200 on COVID tests, you know, and spend five hours in the airport. Like, think big picture and sometimes spank, paying a little bit more, especially for, you know, certain airlines are more generous than others. Like Delta is the most generous U.S. airline, Delta and Southwest, when it comes to changes and extending your voucher or using a voucher for a friend and bending the rules. Like Delta has gone above and beyond as, as well as Southwest, you know. So there's no one airline. I say the, the airline that like has service or partners where you live, where you can fly, you know, on the nicest plane or the shortest amount of time. But of all the freaking flyer programs, I think United Miles are among the most valuable. American are good too. Alaska actually has a great program. They have a bunch of different partners. So yeah, there's no one best airline. So with you saying United and American, their point systems are the most valuable. But when you say Delta, you just mean the the service is better. The service is better. Like Delta's planes are generally newer and fresher. Like you're going to get like, in-flight Wi-Fi. I mean, actually, JetBlue is great. You have free, fast Wi-Fi for everyone on the plane, snacks and chips, mm -hmm. but their points suck. You know, your JetBlue points are like worth a penny each. You're not going to really get a ton of value. Whereas like with American Miles, you can fly LA to the Maldives for like 90,000 points, business class on Qatar Airways, one of the best airlines in the world. So, but some people are like, I'm never going to the Maldives. I just want to go to Bozeman. You know, so it's, it yeah. really depends on, on what you want. And if your kids are in school and you can only go the peak is, you know, week of the year, you know, airline miles may not even make sense. You're just getting credit card points, like chase points that you can redeem on any flight that give you max flexibility. So, you know, each program has its ups and downs. As far as booking, like destinations and where you're going, like, have you found the best way to... Get the like nicest suites for your buck, I guess. Well, using points. I mean, look, if you've got Amex, Chase, City, like the ultimate redemption is Emirates first class, which I've done a number of times. It's the plane where there's uh, showers in first class. There's an onboard bar. It's like, yeah, it's <laughs> you. Uh, they even have Dom and caviar. And you can actually, I once took the bottle of Dom into the shower with me. And I was like, oh, drinking Dom in the shower. <laughs> I had to get my money's worth, you know? <laughs> Um, so Ramona Emirates would just, live for that caviar. She would eat all of the caviar on there. You can even get seconds. It's amazing. <laughs> like Emirates is so amazing. You click a button and they're like, do you want Dom? Do you want this? You can eat at any time throughout the flight. You can shower when you want to shower. Wow. So Emirates and then going to the Maldives, I would say is like the ultimate points trip because there's the St. Regis Maldives. There's a new Ritz Carlton. You can use your Marriott points. I stayed at the Waldorf Astoria Maldives, which is you can use Hilton points, which are transferable from Amex. So like in the points world, like flying to the Maldives, Emirates or Qatar Airways, and then getting an overwater bungalow, that's kind of like the best redemption. And at the Points Guy, we've helped thousands of people do that. And it's a long trip, but like being in the Maldives is unbelievable. You're literally on a speck of sand in this bright blue water, no cars. It's so 
relaxing, romantic, like amazing scuba diving. So that's my trip. And you can do it all on points, you know, a $20,000 trip for, you know, relatively, you know, a couple thousand dollars. So I'm booking the Maldives as soon as we finish. (laughs) All right. I got some fan questions for you. Girardi reports says, are you surprised when wealthy people who fly everywhere are still terrified of flying, a.k.a. Kyle? Yeah, you know, well, fear of flying is, it's so real. It's probably one of the top questions I get. Like, how do you do it? This is what I say. You know, when it comes to being in the sky, you're you're on a plane with people who have been through extensive training. You know, there's a air traffic control system globally that's unbelievable. Air travel is the safest way to travel, period, especially on large commercial airliners where there's so many checks and balances flying is safe you know when you go out on the street in new york like my friend just got stabbed by you know someone on the street you know like there's you know someone in new york just got pushed in front of the subway there's a lot of you know unfortunately like mental illness drugs anyone can get behind the wheel of a car not anyone can get behind the wheel of a 737 so i feel safe plus you know with tsa security like as far as violence and guns, I mean, airports are safe. You know, I know that there's like anxiety issues related to fear of flying and control and you're flying through the air. But at the end of the day, you just look at the statistics and know that flying is extremely safe and have a glass of champagne and maybe Papa Xanax. You'll be fine. There you go. I'm uh, not giving, I'm not giving drug advice. Talk to your doctor. <laughs> um, MJC bomb wants to know the points guy. I'd love to know his favorite franchise of Housewives and favorite season. I love Beverly Hills. I really do. You know, even the early years, the Kim and Kyle in the limousine, the Allison Dubois, Camille, even just being Camille. Like, I feel like it's just been a consistently and aspirational. Like, not that you just have to be rich to be a good housewife, but like, we love seeing some glamour and we definitely get that in Beverly Hills. So I would say that would be... I had to choose one, but I love them all so much. T Good 20 wants to know, have you been to a Ritz Reserve and did you love it? So interestingly, I went to the one in Bali, Mandapa, just for spa treatments when I was staying there. And it was so amazing. I kind of wish I was staying there. Actually, Dorinda is a big fan of the Ritz Reserve Dorado in, in Puerto Rico, which I hear is amazing. I was actually looking at tickets. Or prices, it's like so insanely expensive, like 3000 a night during peaks. No, so those are the two. I've never stayed at one, but they're because you don't earn points for anyone. Hopefully that's changing soon. But, you know, it's mm. it's tough for me to say to Ritz Carlton and to pay 3000 a night and not get any points or elite, elite credits. So hopefully they change that soon. Two traveling engineers. Are you moving to Portugal? What will you do with your animals? So during the pandemic, when I was grounded and couldn't go to Europe for over a year, I started looking into residency abroad. You know, I'm not one of those people like if Trump wins, I'm leaving. But there are a lot of concerning things about the U.S. that, you know, as I want to have kids. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to hedge my bets. Portugal is the third safest country in the world, has low taxes. It's gorgeous. It's like cheap. So I was able to invest $300,000 in a hotel project that qualified me for a golden visa. So I got it about six months ago. So in five years, I can become a full-time citizen of Portugal, have lifetime, you know, health benefits. And I don't think I'll ever live there full-time. My family's all on the East Coast and with having kids. But if I did go there, I would definitely fly with my dogs. And I think hopefully by that time, I'll be able to fly private or at least hitch a ride with a friend so I can bring my dogs to Europe because it's easy to take dogs to Europe, but it's just a lot of airlines now have made it harder. So 
I don't think I'm ever moving full time to Portugal, but it's pretty cool to to have residency. Can you bring that diva mini pony on a on a airline? <laughs> oh my god, ginger spice. Ginger spice. For anyone, so anyone listening, if you don't follow me, I'm at Brian Kelly. But I recently bought a farm in New Hope, 30 acres. I've got horses, and I rescued a mini horse named Ginger Spice, and she is the sassiest. Like she's got this eye that like looks at you as she runs around. Um, and you can follow them on <laughs> at Carbon Ridge, which is the name of my farm. And uh, I think we're going to have to split off her social media. She is such a star. She's this gorgeous little. Uh... Uh, so, yeah. But actually, people her. used to trap mini horses are actually great service animals because they, they live till they're like 40, 45. And so many people like seeing eye dogs, they die, you know, after 10 years or so. So it's so expensive to train a dog for two years and then it dies at 10. So mini horses, people make fun of it, but they're actually amazing service animals are so smart and they live really long but yes you actually used to be able to take mini horses on plane do they often use mini horses for service animals if you look it up like not a lot of people but certain people do 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 it because they're they're actually amazingly like intelligent highly trainable wow uh and they're only like i mean i think i weigh more than ginger spice but i'm a giant so (laughs) natalie speaks wants to know all-time favorite destination so I'm going to go back to South Africa and because doing I've done safari all around Africa and Kruger National Park. If you go to Sabi Sands, which is a private game reserve, go to Singita Labombo. It's this chic, high-end safari, unbelievable. And then Cape Town is stunning. You can go in the water with penguins. You can go to the wine country. People are sexy. And, you know, people people will say, oh, it's unsafe, but just like anywhere in the US or certain places you wouldn't go in LA, you're totally fine if you go to South Africa and you just know understand where you're going, but it's so beautiful. And I just love, love, love South Africa. George X one eleven four eighty seven wants to know cheapest airline to fly first class to Italy. Well, the cheapest you'll usually get is TAP Air Portugal if you connect through Lisbon and it's usually like fifteen hundred or two thousand round trip, you know, versus like five thousand on other carriers. So I would recommend I've flown TAP. It's like a nice product. It's not the fanciest, but it's like really reasonable. And flying through Lisbon Airport is it's a nice new airport. So and also just stop in Portugal for a couple of days. You will be shocked. Like Lisbon's gorgeous, but Porto in the north, the Douro Wine Valley is stunning. Portugal's super inexpensive. It's all along the coast. It's like the size of New Jersey. So yeah, that's my plug for Portugal. And if you actually are interested in doing the Golden Visa, if you Google the Point Sky. Portuguese Golden Visa. I have a whole blog post. I talk about the agency I used, how I did it. And like, I think 100 TPG readers have done the same with success. So St. George X11147 also wants to know, will Southwest ever get a real first class? No. I mean, Southwest business models, the same type of plane. It's their open boarding. Even with their Hawaii flights, if they were going to do a premium or first, I thought they would have announced it around that. I don't believe, I wouldn't hold my breath anytime soon. Lauren P. Navarro has two questions. Who are your top five housewives and how did you meet Claudia? Girl with no jobs, my best friend. I followed her years ago and I think we, I went to college in Pittsburgh and she was talking about Abby Lee Miller. So I, we just started making Abby Lee Miller references <laughs> and we like were gagging each other. She's like, who are you? And it's like one day she's like, oh, my debit card. I'm trying to go to Italy. And I was like, you idiot. Like I'm the points guy. So I went to her on her old morning show, The Morning Breath, four years ago, five years ago, and we instantly hit it off. Funny enough, the night we hung out, the first ever night we went out out was the first night of 
Luann's Cabaret in New York. We went to the first <laughs> show, which literally was harder to get tickets than like the Academy Awards. They were like, you know. So I actually called Barbara Kay, and Barbara Kay got me and Claudia. And oh, my God. Like the love. most epic night. And from that point on, we've been best friends. As far as favorite housewives, I'm going to just say Karen Huger. Taste. I Vicky Gumbelson, just for the pure, like, just entertainment value. Chaos. Chaos. <laughs> I'm going to say Phaedra, Dorinda's Good TV, and Marge. Love it. All taste. Oh, I like this one. Jules LePage. If there was a housewife you wouldn't upgrade to first class, who would it be? Ooh, I would not upgrade. Let me just think about this one. Jesus Jones. <laughs> she can sit and coach. Bravo by Brett wants to know what credit cards do you use personally? So interesting. So I also use Built. I'm an investor in it. It's the first ever credit card where you can pay rent on um, and earn points. Really? Yeah, and it's actually it's invite only. Steve, I'll send you a link, and you can actually share if anyone yes. asks. It's about to launch nationally within the next couple of months, but it's amazing. You can earn points. You can transfer them to American, to Hyatt, to all sorts of partners, and there's no annual fee. And when you pay rent on the card, your credit score goes up. So that's one, and it also offers like triple points, you know, on dining and a bunch of other areas. I also use Amex Gold a lot, not to flex, but I have the Amex Centurion card. For my business, the black card, and the joy of using that is that I a black I can card, cancel- honey. Honey, uh, <laughs> I mean, they don't call me the points guy for nothing. <laughs> but that is amazing because we we put a lot of our business expenses at the points guy. And even when I sold the company, I kind of made a deal. I was like, all the expenses for the points guy have to run through my credit card. So that's why I have like a bazillion points at all times. Incredible. Um, but. Yeah, Built, Amex Gold, Chase Sapphire, and the uh, Capital One Venture X. Those are, I think, like a good of the top all around cards on the market right now. So, do I need to get rid of my Chase Sapphire reserve? Well, if you're getting value from it, well, the the one thing, and I had gotten the Sapphire preferred. I down, you know, when that had a hundred thousand. The one thing I hate is that you can't redeem points for one point five cents each, which is what you get with reserve. So, you know, you're getting triple points on travel and dining. You get, you know, I don't know if you use the Priority Pass. You know, like when you when you crunch it all out, the DoorDash and the this and the that, it pretty much pays for itself. So I would personally keep the reserve because I think even with 550, the 300 right away, that brings it to 250. And then when you look at the other perks, I think it pays for itself. So I would keep it, but I would just get like get, get some other cards with big sign-up bonuses. So you can build up those point balances. And I'll just say having redeeming points for flights these days is amazing because you can actually cancel and get all your points back. Versus when you buy a ticket with cash, say you cancel last minute, they're going to give you a crappy voucher that you may not be able to use, you can't use for someone else. So points actually have more value these days because they give you more flexibility. And that's what we all need in this post-ish pandemic world. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so fun. Such a fun time. Like You'll have to come back again. Anytime. Be sure to check out other podcasts from The Dip, including Hot Off The Mess with Samantha Bush, Pop Chaser, TV, Watch, Repeat, and the Slut Pig Podcast with Christian Gray Snow. And don't forget to visit thedip.com where you can get commentary and analysis from writers, editors, and fans who are just as passionate about pop culture as you are. That's The Dip with two Ps. Com and follow them on Instagram at The Dip. You can also follow me at Faces by Bravo, where we can keep in touch until next time. And as always, but now we said it.